Hey Zwifters, and welcome to this special episode of the Zwiftcast, which is devoted entirely to a conversation with Zwift CEO, Eric Min. Right on! Welcome to the Zwiftcast, Eric Min, for our third, our third, yeah, this is our third traditional big sit-down chats where I ask you loads and loads of questions, many of them suggested by the community. So I'm going to pitch straight in, Eric, with referring you back to uh, our interview of last year, actually. And last time we spoke in detail, which was exactly a year ago, you rated Swift as 2 out of 10 in terms of fulfilled potential. Where are we now? I'd say 3.5. I think we've made some big strides. I mean, events have evolved, right? The group workouts, I think, is a, is a big... Um, opportunity to bring more people onto Zwift. I think it's the closest thing. It's our response to, to sw- uh, spinning. But we've done other things and we've done a lot of things uh, behind the scenes that, uh, that will allow us to really enhance the, the, the product, the platform. It's called, some of it is what we call technical debt. So we've been paying some of that off and we have more to go. Um, but we're, we're trying to build the infrastructure to really build out the, the product. Without going into too much detail, what kinds of things are those behind the scenes? Are they preparing the platform for, for being bigger? Yes, so um, John and his team are incredibly talented in, in creating a game that can run on literally the most basic uh, um, hardware. You can run it on a $100 laptop. Some of the technology work that he's doing will allow us to scale the platform uh, with respect to the size of the map, for example, uh, the number of jerseys we could have, um, uh, the number of people we can have in events. Uh, so there's a lot of work that's happening behind the scenes that's not so obvious to, to, the, you know, to the community. Um, but it's setting us up so that we can, we can be ready for the kind of uh, growth that we expect to have this, this winter. Next up was the numbers, starting with the size of the Zwift nation. Um, has Zwift yet reached a size where you don't personally know everybody in the company's name? I'd be lying if I said I know everyone at the company. Every time I drop into Long Beach, there are new faces, so I make sure that I go out of my way to, to introduce myself. Um, but it is incredibly hard to remember everyone's name. <laughs> <laughs> and the company is growing. 120 employees now? Uh, we are almost 140. Okay. Yeah. Um, and more hires to come? And more hires to come. L- let me push you a bit on numbers because Zwifters are interested in, in how many other Zwifters are, are on the platform. About a year or so ago, you said you had 180,000 accounts. Is the Zwift nation now a good deal bigger than that? Yeah, I, I, think, um, you know, I think we probably have... 400,000 accounts, maybe 300,000 of them have, were customers at one point. The acquisition is very seasonal. Uh, turns out the, the churn isn't. So we onboard a boatload of people during the six months of, let's say, from October to, to March. And actually not that, you know, not that many people drop off. Yeah. How big is churn or how bad, is, how bad a problem is churn at the moment? Yeah, I think our, I'm very help, happy to share this, but I think one in seven Roughly, so it's uh, one in seven, one in seven churn. churn. Yeah, churn, and they don't come. It's I give perfect example to others about you know uh, about churn. I think I've I've churned from Netflix at least three times. Mm. 
I finally come back because it is it is the destination for on-demand video, and I'm, you know, and I've I've stopped churning, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's what's going to happen. I think in many ways people have to leave Swift to really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and so we see lots of people coming back. Yeah. What proportion of company resource or what proportion of company priority is devoted to? pleasing current users versus attracting new subscribers? I, I think the product is really about servicing the existing customers. We're investing in running and perhaps we'll invest in rowing, but our core is, as, you know, we have to um, create an, a great experience for our existing customers. It, it, it makes sense for us to, to service our core, you know, our existing customers best as possible because they will help us to grow the network. Uh, I mean, around this time last year, you closed a funding round. Is, is another funding round underway? And what, what can you tell us about the progress on that? Are there any numbers that can be attached to it? We are continuing to invest in the business. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is, I think, what partly differentiates us bef uh, versus others that have come before us. It, take, it does take a lot of capital to see this through. And you know we are still some some way uh, from achieving profitability, which is fine because we think you know this is a a business worth investing long term. So you've carefully avoided answering the question, Eric, as to whether a funding round is actually going to happen. Yeah, it's inevitable. We'll have to go back to the well and and raise more capital. I mean that's just the nature of the business that we're in. Um, and it was easy. I think we've shown enough momentum that uh, investors will find what we're doing very interesting. We're not chasing a niche business. I mean, we're, we're, we think the market is, is, is vast. If, you know, we think that everyone is chasing fitness. So if you use that as, as, as a basis for determining the total address of markets, it's, it's, quite, it's quite big. Our, our belief is that if we continue to focus on building a great product, great experience, uh, so that more people are motivated to get fit, I think, you know, that's a fine mission to, to chase. I think we can create a great business on the back of that mission. This is an incredibly active space and, and the rivals are, are growing. I heard of yet another one uh, just this week with a former pro cyclist behind it, Road Grand Tours obviously has a long, long way to go, but, but they're making some progress. Um, I mean, the Chinese copycats are around, they're probably not yeah. a really serious threat, but this is a really active space. Right. And, and what Zwift has proved is that indoor cycling can be a whole load of fun, so why are other people not gonna do it? Well, they probably are. Yeah. So how, how conscious of the threat from rivals are you, and what, 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 what do you do about it? I mean, continually make the product better, I guess. I mean, we definitely know what's being built out out there um, there's a there's a big difference between a, a project and a business there's so many facets to get a business up and running i mean convincing someone to take out their wallet and pay for a service is, is yeah takes a lot of work um, i'm not too we're not concerned we have we have uh so much work ahead of us i mean i i i think our risk is around our own execution. It's not because of someone else entering the, the market. So our, our focus is, is continue to grow the network, you know, improve the, the experience. And I, I think it's, uh, 
it's the right approach. Um, I think that the network is, is what's the, our, you know, I think the biggest competitive advantage that we have. Um, I mean, there's anyone, you can throw enough money and someone can build a Facebook platform, right? But are they going to find, you know, the social network there, right? Why would people move? Yeah. So Zwift's defense really is Zwift is there, Zwift is good, and Zwift is full of people. Exactly. And so we need to focus on that. And, and we don't need to focus on the people around us. Mm. Mm. But you no doubt keep an eye on Of course. I mean, I, I, I look at all the other services as a, as a consumer myself. I've tried everything. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, I'm not, and I'm sure all of the Grand Tour users, Grand Road Tour users, is a Grand Tour? Road, Road Grand Tour, sorry. Uh, are active Swifters as well. And, and I, yeah, I, we see them all, which is fine. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big market and I hope uh, they continue to invest in, in, in their projects. Let, let's talk a little bit about Peloton because I mean, certainly in North America, they are, they're huge. And some of the numbers around Peloton, I mean, there are some question marks raised about some of the numbers around Peloton, but they've certainly been very, very successful at raising money. Um, very different from mar market from Zwift, yeah. but, but, uh, and it's a spinning market and it seems to me to be predominantly female. Now that, to me, looks like a very nice, big, juicy peach that Zwift would like a big bite out of. Is, is it, is, it, is, it, is it something you see as, as, as vulnerable to, to Zwift having a real go at it, at that market? Um, we're not really focused on the Peloton market. I mean, it's a, it's a different business. It's a different experience. Um, they are, I mean, they have raised a lot of capital and that's because it has to fund their advertising. We're not an advertising driven business. I mean, they are a direct response business. I mean, they sell $2,000 trainer and you're, you're paying $39 a month. You're locked in for one year. It's, a, it's just a different business. I think, I think what they're doing is great. I mean, they're, make, they're promoting indoor cycling. I think that's fantastic for, for Zwift. Um, and I think there are people who find that experience, indoor spinning experience, uh, attractive. And, and then uh, there are others who find Zwift more um, appealing for, for the, the kind of experience they want. So there's def the market is big enough to support both, both businesses. So I'm not, I'm not worried. It's not to say that uh, they wouldn't want our you know, users and, and vice versa. I just don't think it's, uh, we need to you know, go after each other's uh, you know, business at the moment. I mean this respectfully, but, but in comparison to the, to the three companies I'm going to talk about now, Zwift and, and Peloton and Minnows, but digital fitness is clearly a huge growth area with enormous potential. Do, do you see the possibility of Apple, Google, Amazon striding into this area and bulldozing their way through it like they've done in lots of other businesses where they see potential? Um, I don't think so. They've got bigger things that they're chasing. Um, but what I will say is that none of them, I think, has a fitness strategy. Um, We'll see. Um, we're, not, we're not focused on that. If we focus on the mission, I think we're going to grow, we're going to have a big community, we're going to have a great business. And what happens after that is, is something we can worry about later. In the next part of the interview I talked to Eric about courses, I'd give this section a really careful listen to. 
Right, let's get on to the stuff that Zwifters really, really want to hear about. And I don't know how much of this you can tell me, but you know I've got to ask. So what, what's the long-term strategy on, on courses or, or maps, whatever we want to call them? I mean, is, is Watopia always going to be the jewel in the crown? Um, I, I can't say that that'll be the case forever, but right now it's, it's a, what a great place. We've already experimented with real courses, sort of a hybrid, and then a completely fictitious. I mean, Watopia is, you know, is certainly my favorite. That um, there are people who like different courses. I mean, there are plenty of people who still like Richmond, and maybe that's partly because we've made it scarce. You know, it's a great racing course. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and London is, is fun, and I think you'll see London expanding. You'll see Watopia continue to expand. Um, I think Richmond is what it is, and we'll continue to, you know, scarcely uh, put that out there. And then you'll start seeing new maps. Completely new maps, completely separate from all of these three worlds. Absolutely, absolutely. The Watopia map is pretty big. You know, that's a, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, tarmac there, a lot of roads there. Um, and you're going to see more of that. You know, Watopia will have more expansions over, over, this, uh, over this winter. Okay, I do, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to get so picky at this yeah. stage of the interview, but this is so important to so many people. <laughs> so important to so many people. Yeah. And if you can't say, you can't say. But you did just say Watopia is going to have more expansions, plural, this winter. Is that, is that, is that right? I, I would imagine you'll see, you'll see more. I don't know exactly how many more. but uh, More I think, than one more. You've had one already. <laughs> um, there's, you know, we can let the creative juices flow on Watopia. You know, I think the team just, you know, they, they love uh, playing in that, in that space. Um, but at least one more expansion this winter by the sound. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. And then a brand new map is, is uh, on the horizon. I can say that, you know, both are, you know, under development. Okay. And do you think we might see the brand new map this winter? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Zwift will be taking people to places where they've never been to, where they never, may never go to in the real world. So does that mean the new map might be real world based then, Eric? Uh, it needs to have geo-coordinates. Yeah. So it needs to live somewhere. So by definitions, yes. Okay, I'm taking that as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We certainly get requests from not only the community, but from organizers, event organizers, who would like for us to build iconic uh, courses. Um, I wouldn't rule it out completely. I think the way we would do it is just, we'd go about it differently. Next up, course swapping. I know the community has been asking for, like, when can they choose? Yeah. Um, and part of that is a function of, like, how dense is the, the community on a, on a given map. Um, I think you'll start seeing some of, some of the, you know, for events, perhaps you can go to, if you're doing a race, for, you know, maybe we'll take you to Richmond to do the race. So today's Watopia, you want to do a race, take you there. But the core of the community may be in one map. Um, we've got the technology to swap between maps, so it's all there now. And John and his team is, 
you know, they've been testing this quite a bit over the last uh, last year. Okay. So why have you not done it? I think there's a little bit. I think there's a little bit more work left, um, and you know, we're always constantly prioritizing, and that one is high, but it's not the highest priority. Let's just right. say. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it will happen this winter? <laughs> I think we have no choice because it will get crowded this this winter. Yeah. Um, this idea of a long climb, John, John floated this in, in Facebook. It was a fairly clear hint from John, actually. He said, we're playing around with the idea of a very, very long climb. What, why? why? Why would you do that? I mean, how many, what percentage of Zwifters do, that, do the big climb? 2%, 3%, 5%? It's not very, very high. Um, so why devote resource to a massive long climb? Um, I think I think there are so many users out there who crave for that, and I think um, I think it's I think it would be interesting to have a long climb. I just don't think people would do it regularly, right? Oh, it's, it's you know I mean I, uh, but I think it, just to to mix it up, I think it'd be it'd be kind of interesting to to experiment with that. But there's more that we could do with with a long climb that um, we haven't done yet. And so there are things that John is thinking about in terms of, you know, all the gamification and, and you know, hooks to get you to the top, you know. Okay. Give us uh, I, I don't have it. I, I literally don't know what that is. But you can rest assured that if we do a long climb, it, will be, it will be fun. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really the next few minutes of the podcast are taken up with a series of quick-fire questions covering a wide range of topics, mainly in-game features. Would you ever consider the facilities as Zwift to kind of generate a sort of, what, what, what you might call a kind of vanilla landscape, a kind of, you know, identikit landscape, but, but, but where you could put in rides that you'd previously done yeah. so recreating your own your own rides but not in obviously such a rich a rich landscape is is, is that something that that could be part of the Zwift experience people ask for it a lot you know we we thought about that as well i mean we've seen other other companies do that and you will never get a beautiful map that way unfortunately it requires a lot of hard work to create a beautiful map um, so nothing could be auto-generated and, and have a, a polish, you know, finish that, that you, you'll see uh, in, in Zwift. So I'd say, I'd say the answer is probably, probably no. I thought this was a really interesting idea. So somebody said, why don't you make, why doesn't Zwift make it really easy for me to find a ride at any time with people of my ability. So you have a kind of perpetual, like eternal to what's per kilogram yeah. ride, you know, that is, that is actually on 24 seven. It's matchmaking. Yeah. So here's the, uh, you know, 2.5 uh, you know, watts per kilogram group going off every 15 minutes or the three or four. I think those are all interesting ideas. Um, it's not that we can't do it. It's just, uh, again, it's question of priorities. Um, but I, I personally like that idea. I think matchmaking is something that, uh, um, that will eventually come. I mean, because you're so open on social media, we know you've been talking to, to ASO, the owners and promoters of the world's biggest bike races, in, including the Tour de France. What's going on there, Eric? 
Well, you know, we have, we have big fans at ASO. They, they use Zwift, they love Zwift, and they see real benefits in um, using Zwift to prepare for real events. You know, they have Latap the Tour, they have all these Latap the Tour, events all over the world. Could Zwift be a tool to help prepare people for events that people will, you know, probably spend a lot of money, you know, traveling to? It starts with someone at ASO at a very, very senior level, just passionate about Zwift. Zwift. Yeah, and it just goes from there. Who is that? Then? He's the CEO. <laughs> you know, and he believes it. You have to buy into it, right? And so he sees opportunities for ASO to work with us to promote more events and, and, and bring more people you know, into, into uh, his events and get them fit. I mean, we have the same goals. Right on! Um, triathlon and triathletes, is there, is there a big, big push there? Yes, yes. I mean, we have, um, we have almost 20% of our user base. Um, from the tri-market and that's without even going after the tri-market. Right. So they, it's, an, it's, a, it's an audience that we have and we just haven't served them at all. So we thought, okay, we need to start creating content for them and activating that community and supporting them and these guys are, are training three, on three different sports they don't, and you know, we can serve them with, for, for two of the experiences. We're building a team of people who really understand this market, who understand the consumers, and understand the kind of experience that they want. And so you'll see more and more of that. How far off is rowing, do you think? Boy, I mean, we, we tinkered with that, you know, last right. year, you know? <laughs> the community tinkered with that, you know, maybe two years ago. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you know we'd like to see that come out sooner rather than later, um, but you know we have so much work to do with with running first. You, I'd say within a year you'll see something. Right on. This was a great question. I'd never thought to ask this. Who does the ride on voices? Um, it's no one at the company. You know there are professionals who. <laughs> Voiceover, voiceover, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and it, you know, we had to go through a, a number of different ones to get it right. Yeah, and maybe sometime in the future you can choose different voices, right? Will we ever get beyond level 25? There's a huge backlog of, of equipment that we want to release into the game. But what we're trying to do is make sure that we've got the right economy uh, for that. We want people to have choices and not just you know, release products that they may or may not want. So I think what you'll see this, this year is, um, this winter is the ability to, to perhaps choose. Um, and so we'll start unlocking more. This is bikes, this is jerseys, um, and there's a whole host of products that we can, we can release. So John and his team are, are working to make that available this, this winter. I think we're, we're changing some of the, um, some of the, uh, the economies. It's what gets unlocked with every, every level, uh, what's available in a virtual store, um, and how do, you, how do you earn that? So there's some changes that, that are coming in that front. 
and for the third time, velodrome or not? Um, I don't find it particularly exciting to do a velodrome. Next, I tackled the draft. Does it really change as often as people think it does? We know the racing community is, is very vocal. Um, and one of the things they complain about a lot is, is what they call the blob draft. Okay, and this is the idea that when groups swell to very large sizes, that the, the, the size of the group seems to have this kind of weird effect in Zwift where it just gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And certainly in a, in a racing situation, that makes it actually impossible for anyone to, to break away from, from, from what, what's called the, what, what the racers now call the blob. Mm. That's just one example of, of how the draft can, is, is critical to the, absolutely critical to the Zwift experience. And there's kind of all sorts of rumours circulated about half new tweak the draft. So let, let's try and nail some kind of definites here now. Uh, how often do you tweak the draft? We don't change it very much at all. I don't think it's changed in, in I don't know, maybe a year, yeah. really. It's interesting when we have made no changes, people are saying something changed. <laughs> um, but it's something that the, the team is, is aware of. I mean, look, what we have is a system that doesn't, an experience that where there's no breaking. So, right? There's no collision. So we have to manage large groups. And so the drafting is somewhat artificial. Um, I think the sooner the, the community accepts that it's just, it is different on Swift, it is not real world drafting, the better it is. But you strive yeah. for realism. We, I think, I think we can do more, but it will never be the same. And so, um, I think the sooner people just accept and understand how the game works, and then work within those those parameters, you just get on with it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's a, it's a challenging one technically. Yeah. For, for John and, and, and the game team. I mean, to some extent you've made a rod for your own back because it, it's so nearly realistic that people want it to be completely realistic. Yeah. And I think you're saying it will never be completely realistic, but is there an argument for a fresh look at the draft or are you saying this is probably about as good as it's ever gonna get? Um, well, I think that's probably better for John to say. And the question is, well, even if it could, is it, is it worth it? You know, the, the effort that, that might Go, have to go into that versus other things that we can do. Um, it is a it is a it is a complicated bit of bit of work yeah. to get that right. It's not just the drafting, but it's all the the way the different players interact, interact and flow, and it's it's a not a trivial piece of technology. How do you see group workouts developing, Eric? I mean, I'm, to me, that, that, that looks to be a hugely significant development for the platform. Do you, do, do you share that view? And group workouts looks like super early days. It looks like one of those products that we'll look back on in a year or 18 months and say, goodness me, that was basic, look how far it's come. Is that, is that the kind of right way of thinking about it? I think it's a game changer, a complete game changer. Uh, I mean, it's, it's brilliant for coaches, yeah. right? Finally, they can actually do something with, with uh, their athletes. Um, we have to give them more tools, uh, but the idea that I can do a training ride with Andre Greipel, right, or 
or, or a professional rider or a coach or a ride leader um, and do it in a way that um, makes it social and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, remaining in this group. Um, so I think it's a very inclusive experience. You know, I think we can experiment not only with text that is, can be built into the workouts, but we can, you know, there's nothing stopping us from putting voice, recorded voice in there. Um, what about live? It could be live as well. Live is interesting, but it's not particularly scalable. Right? Unlike a spinning class where you have live instructors, it's just, it's, you're just limited by the number of instructors. We could literally have a, a workout every 15 seconds if we wanted to. It's incredibly scalable. We can do it in different language if it's text versus voice. I mean, there's, we're just scratching the surface of what we could do with group workouts. And um, I think it's going to be the, the most popular experience. So if you have, you know, you've got the free ride, you've got, you know, individual workouts, you've got, um, um, you know, races of some sort or, you know, group rides. And then you've got these group events, and I believe that that will be the most uh, popular mode. Do you? I really do. It's, it's not today, but I see you know, all the signs indicate to that being potentially the, 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 the most popular, yes. Because it's, you're, you're, you know, it's structured training, it's social, right? You do it with others, you know, that's, I think that's the perfect combination. Racing next. This gets really interesting. Ecrit Live Final in, in Melbourne looked look to be a very, very successful experiment. And I mean, it clearly was because you've rolled out this format now of, of a race series, culminating in a live final, uh, you know, for real. Is this, and I kind of asked this question on the last episode of the podcast, really, is this Swift saying, we love racing official? I mean, is this, is this Zwift really getting behind racing now? I think we're, um, we are getting more comfortable with it, and it's not perfect. I think for Zwift to become truly eSports, and other people might disagree, I think what's, what's lacking is skills, right? At the moment, it's, it's, uh, it's predominantly, you know, it's, it's go as hard as you can, it's, it's a time trial, right? It's, a, it's about pure effort. That's not the case in the real world, right? Um, the strongest rider in the real world does not necessarily win. More often than not, they're not, they don't. And so what is that in Swift? And we haven't figured that out yet. So I don't think we can say that we are, you know, in esports yet. I think we'll eventually figure it out. Um, but the, the, the element of, of having skills in Swift is still not, you know, defined. The more well-informed people around this area would, I'm, I'm certain, agree with that. But in the meantime, you're clearly going to continue with racing because it's great content, apart from anything else. And we are seeing racing now featuring in your advertising. And the, the cynical might say, well, if you're going to benefit from the success of racing, which really has stemmed from the community, I mean, it's been completely community-organised and community-generated. Zwift is now helping and has been helping for some time, but really it's come from the community. And Zwift is now using it in its advertising and marketing. Is it not then 
incumbent on, on Zwift to try to do more to root out cheating. And there are things Zwift could do. I mean, if somebody enters their weight at 80 kilograms and two days later enters it at 42, Zwift could do something about that. Yeah. What we'd like to do, it's a difficult place to be, right? I, sure. it, you know, and, and I, I'd say we, I probably would rather give those tools to event promoters and let them do the policing. But that would mean them having a direct relationship with your with your customers. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's you know not all not all races are as with power races, for example. So perhaps is a um, there are races which are just open, you know, and it's it's harder to catch people who might be sort of let's say cheating. I mean, I think there are plenty of people who um, are just using equipment that's just poorly yeah. calibrated yeah. and, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are clearly people who, who you know, are probably cheating. And, and I think the community has, has flagged those. Um, you know, could we potentially give tools to event promoters so that they are blacklisted from events? Yeah, possibly. I mean, these are all things that I think we, we need to, to discuss internally. It's not a, it's not a nice thing yeah. to, to prevent a paying customer from so, yeah. so this is the tricky part people are mature enough to get that eric but when i think when they see racing being used in swift marketing yeah, that's a fair point. you know and, and racing to, to an extent being helped used to sell the platform there are people who might say and i think i have some sympathy with them that swift just needs to be a tiny bit more active yeah. but it's the one thing in the community that really get raises hackles mm. i mean are you yeah, I do. I do. I do follow some of the uh, discussions. Um, yeah, at the moment, uh, um, this is something that uh, we do need to sort out in, in, internally. Um, yeah, um, okay. there, there may be you know a couple of things that we could do to help support that. Um, so we'll have to see. Were you pleased or disappointed with the level of graduation from the men's academy? I think I think uh, we need to tweak the program for next year um, because the professional contract was really for the uh, the end of twenty three, and they should have had a slightly different program than the more the broader you know community that just wanted to you know participate in in, in training. I looked at the program. I looked at the. The, uh, the workouts, and they're, they're pretty hard. You know, 90 minutes commitment for some of the workouts, I mean, that's, that's a lot to ask for. So I think one of the things that we learned this year is like, you know, for, for those who are clearly not gunning for a pro contract, well, they should have more, it should be easier to achieve. By doing that, we probably could have, you know, double, triple the, the, the number of people who uh, completed it, a including just starting. I think people are just intimidated by the, by the program. Yeah. So yes, it's a, it's a learning exercise for us. The women, did, 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 did the men put them into shame? I mean, there was twice the rate of graduation from that. Do you think that was because they knew what they were getting after last year? I think so, because we had so many returning yeah. for the program. Yeah. Um, I think that really helped and if that's any sign of what might happen with the men's f field I think we should see you know on a similar level of, 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 of growth in terms of how many people will, will complete the program. Eagerly awaited by some, apparently almost ready to launch, voice then seemed to disappear. What's happened? Um, we, um, 
I think we, we uh, put it to the side last winter. We had more important things to, to worry about. Um, I think it's something that will resurrect again this, this winter. Um, and you know, sometimes we question, you know, is, this, is it that important? You know, right. do, does the community really want voice? Do you really want to talk to other people? I sense there's been a little bit of a pivot, a little bit of a rethink on this. Is that, would that be accurate? Well, it's just, it's just, it's work, right? It's, it's just work and it's, it's um, there are other things that we could potentially be doing you know, than voice, but um, it's back on the, t on the table and I hope we can, we can at least do some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of testing and find out if this is really what, what the, uh, the community wants. There is a very small community that actually uses like the Discord and the TeamSpeak to, to, to talk to one another. Um, but if we do implement a voice, it's got to be super, super easy. And we have to respect privacy. So it's a, it's a complicated, it's a more complicated issue than possibly at first sight you thought it was? Yeah, it's, or? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit involved, but I think we'll, I, I'd like for us to, to experiment with that this, this winter. Right. Um, I think there's something to be said about meeting a random person and then sharing, you know, a, a, a moment together. Yeah. You know, uh, and if you yeah, could do that with voice. Yeah, yeah, right. And then so we have to give, yeah. you know, you, we need to think through what, what are the pri privacy settings that we need to offer to consumers. And some people might say, I don't want anyone to talk to me, yeah. you know. And so that could be a turn off itself, right? When we first did this in 2015, it was 287 watts. Now, last year you weren't specific, but you did fear it had go down, it had gone down. So where is it now, Eric? I think I'm right back there. Oh, I did, right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did lose some weight uh, this year, which helps to. Uh, um, I mean, I did get fit, so I did get some coaching, and I was on a program. Um, I'm no longer on that, but I'm sort of in maintenance mode. I'm reasonably fit, so. With five hours of riding a week, I can pretty much go out and ride with my mates and do a 100-mile ride. Um, I can't do it back-to-back, -back, but uh, it's, it's certainly enough to, to still have a, you know, be, perform respectively in the real world. <laughs> Quite a lot of Silicon Valley companies, and I'm not sure that we can call it a Silicon Valley company, but you know, it kind of is in some ways. They have a kind of worldview that, that is kind of utopian or they you know they they have these big aspirations to kind of change the world yeah. is that something you subscribe to as a business well um, if you're asking if Zwift has big aspirations you know could we could we um, influence how people consume fitness you know could we touch millions of, of consumers um, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're definitely one of those, I think. Um, and we don't, you know, there, I don't think anyone else is, is, you know, has a similar kind of aspirations. We're a mission-driven company. It's not, it, that, it, we're led by the mission. And we believe that if we follow that mission, it will then lead to a very successful business. And that's it, Zwifters, the 2017 Eric Min Zwiftcast interview. Lots and lots of interesting stuff in there, some of which I think will bear 
closer scrutiny and deeper analysis to get to the certainties that we all crave, particularly about courses, maps and new game features. Um, it's certainly a very busy time for Zwift and that was reflected in the content of that interview, I think. Lots and lots to look forward to this winter. Thanks very much indeed to Eric for giving me so much time. And thanks as ever to Zwift for supporting this podcast. And just the usual reminder, even though they do support the podcast generously, Zwift never interfere with the content of our podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, Zwifters. See you next time.